Hello everyone, welcome back to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we preview British Champions Day at Ascot this Saturday. I'm going to be going, Katie's going to be going, Liz and uh, Izzy are also going to be there so it'd be great to catch up with them and we'll be uh, doing a few uh, things on the old socials so make sure you stay tuned for that. But before we get into the racing, Katie, how are things with you? Are you looking forward to Champions Day this weekend? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I was there last year to see Baid run his last race. It didn't go the way uh, I'd hoped and a lot of others had hoped as well. Um, but hopefully this year we get a bit more luck. Uh, also last year, special memories of seeing Stradivarius parading and Emily Eptron winning. It was a great day overall. Um, just a shame that Baid couldn't extend his unbeaten run. But... Um, no, the, the card looks great this year and there are lots of horses that I'm looking forward to seeing. The return of Kipriot hopefully back to form and uh, many others too. So it looks like it's going to be a, a really good day and I'm looking forward to seeing you and the other podcasters, Izzy and Liz there. So hopefully it'll be a really a good day. I think it's going to be the first time that we've all been together since the November meeting at Cheltenham last year. So yeah, it will be great to, to catch up with everybody. I like this meeting. I think there's something for everyone. I think there'll be a couple of jollies uh, that people will be siding with. And also as well, I think you can back a few outsiders at some decent prices. Um, I remember last year I actually put up Bayside Boy, who um, drifted in the betting on the day. I think he was about 20 to 1 when he opened. Um, and then he drifted all the way up to 33s, but he didn't win like a 33 to one shot. And I think everybody was in, on Inspiral that day and some people got uh, their fingers burnt there. So that's something you always have to have yeah. at the back of your mind here, isn't it? Sometimes, uh, yeah, we're seeing, yeah, we're seeing horses that maybe have got nice form figures next to their name. They've done well uh, earlier in the season. But for some of these on testing ground, Katie, like, it can just catch up with them and maybe horses that have had a quieter campaign, maybe like I'm just going on Bayside Boy last year, they can turn up and sometimes bring a surprise. So that's something you have to have on the back of your mind, isn't it? Yeah, please don't remind me of, of Bayside Boy, though. I think I'd put him up on the podcast lots of times. Uh, he was running in France, he came back to the UK. I remember putting him up a few times anyway and backing him and and uh, I let him go on that occasion. I think he was 33 to 1 um, on course then. And I was just quite gutted. But of course, I was happy for you to to tip up such a good winner. But now I was gutted to miss out on him. And um, that's what happens sometimes. You have these cliff horses and you keep backing them. And then the moment you start, they go and win. But no, you're right. It's it's It looks like it's going to be quite testing. And... Some of these horses are gonna they, well they've had really tough seasons, um, but I think in a couple of races there's there's a clear favourite and you'd expect a few of the favourites to come in. But as we saw last year, anything can happen in a race. We saw Inspiral completely flush the start and and miss her chance to win, and and one of the outsiders came in. You know, so it's 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 got a bit of something for everyone, as you said, favourite backers they're going to enjoy the races but also there's going to be some value each way as well so yeah lots of different ways you can look at look at the races on saturday yeah there was an 80 to 1 winner last year in the balmoral handicap the last race uh Shalir, the david o'meara um the, the david o'meara angle and i'm sure he's going to have a couple 
lined up this year and yeah that, that's a bit of a minefield of a race but we will get into that but it just shows you that yeah it's not sometimes always about the favorites and if you want to have a few few darts a few lively outsiders sometimes they can come in anyway enough of that let's get into the action the first race we're going to look at is the 115 it's the kipco british champions long distance cup it's group two this race i personally think it should be upgraded to a grade a group one most of the horses that run in it are group one standard so i'm, I'm not sure why they, why they haven't done that yet but maybe they will in the future um anyway the market looks like this kiprios is your favorite at 11 to 8 we've then got true shan at 2 to 1 coltrane at 15 to 2 sweet william 10s trawlerman 20s broom 40s Strassum 100s along with Maxident, um, who is your outsider at 150 to 1. Katie, I know where you're going here, um, but do we think that this is a match between Kiprios and Trushan on paper? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Kiprios, I think he deserves to be favourite because I think all the vibes were before the Iris and Ledger that he would need the run. Um, and I, from what Aidan O'Brien has been saying, they were quite happy with the way he did run. Um, and he should be much better this time around. He's four pounds clear on ratings. I think he, he really sets the standard here and he has that little bit of class um, to win this race. But Trushan is bidding for his fourth victory in the race. And he's in the form of his life at the moment, having won the Doncaster Cup and the Cadran in his last two runs. Uh, my only concern with him is he can be quite keen going and he is going to need to settle, but he'll get the ground that he loves and he's really going to give Kit Prios a, a run for his money here. Uh, I think it just depends on whether or not Kit Prios has retained all of his ability. But for me, on what he did at the Curra, I'd say that there's still there's still a spark there. Um, and so I would be siding with Kit Prios here. Um, there is the angle that I do have an anti-post bet on him at five to one. Uh, so I will definitely be cheering him on once he finished second in the Irish St. Ledger. I think Aidan was saying that um, he was likely to, to go to Ascot rather than to Longchamp. So the five to one about him, um, it didn't last too long, but it was plenty of value because he's going to go off as a really short price favourite here, isn't he? Um, and I would just be siding with with Kiprios over Trushan. Of the others, now Coltrane, he's a horse that I really like. I think he's a he's a battler. He will run his race. Uh, he's a winner of course and distance, and he's a tough horse. But I think soft ground it, it will go against him um, against some of his rivals here. The one that I saw maybe filling in the places and behind the top two was Sweet William. Uh, I thought he, he ran very well behind Trushan at Doncaster. He just didn't finish as strongly as Trushan there. But uh, I think heavy ground, it, soft ground, it will be no concern to him because he's run at Goodwood on heavy. Um, so I think he probably has each way claims at around 10 to 1, did you say, Chris? But I think it will be between the top two and I would be siding with Kiprios. Yeah, sweet William, he is 10 to 1. I can see your angle with him there, but... He's still got uh improve, I think, to, to to really get in the first three. I mean, Coltrane, I think you could say that he's just had a hard season. You know, he's been on the go um for quite a few months now and, and he and he's probably maybe just uh, need needs a break and ready to come again next year. Um or and maybe he's even peaked to, to somewhat of an extent. But um 
Yeah, sweet William, I can see your angle there. He could be open to improvement. I think, like you say, it is a match between Kiprios and Trisham. I think there's angles um, from both sides that you can come out. I think you can say, well, Kiprios, he'll come on for the run. He's got a, a line on Trusham when he beat him at Goodwood. I personally think that um, Trusham might reverse that form if I had to go out of the pair. Um, I just think that the ground when they met at Goodwood wasn't soft enough for Trusham. So I think that might just that might just favour him. And plus, he's in form at the moment and there's no question marks uh, about him. Kiprios, obviously, Aiden can do his magic. He hasn't had a hard season but that would be a bit concerning that he didn't get going until till later in the year. And eleven to eight, would I want to be taking that? Probably not. I mean, five to one, Katie. You said you're on a manti post. That is obviously a very good bet because you're on the value. But now, if I was telling people to to get stuck into Kiprios at eleven to eight, when you've got the likes of Trushan at two to one, who's a slightly more informed out of the pair, has his grounds. Got a good record in this race over this course and distance. That that would just probably persuade me to go with Trushan. Um, obviously, do you not think that run behind Elder Elderov in the Irish and Leisure was a decent enough form over a trip that is is slightly shorter than ideal for Kiprios maybe, and it is Elder Elderov's optimum trip. I mean, you can poke holes in Trushan's Cadran, for example. It was a small runner field i mean the doncaster cup was a small runner field as well and so was kiprios i mean eldar alderoff who knows of him he kind of is either on a either on a going day or he just throws in the towel like i mean i mean like there, there wasn't really much in that that race to to to, to, to jump home about, about the form i mean he's only achieved an rpr of 117 i mean that's obviously very good standard but i don't know if it's that strong and i just think Eldar Alderoff was probably the best horse on the day. He had the race fitness. And like you say, maybe the trip was a little bit on the short side for Kiprios. But I think it's hard to really grasp a handle on, on that kind of form if you're taking it literally. Um, the fact that Aino O'Brien didn't go to the Cadran and, and he came here clearly suggests that this has probably been his um, his autumn target. Um, so that would be something you, you would have to consider. But I think from a form perspective at the moment where both horses are at, I think you've just got to slightly favour Trushan. There's no doubt that Kiprios has got the back class to win this from what he achieved last season. But that would just be be the question mark. But if you want to go and side with Kiprios, I wouldn't pee you off. But for me personally, I couldn't back him at that price. Um I just think he's a little bit a little bit too short. Um I thought Trushan when he was 11 to 4 earlier in the week, anti post. I thought that was a little bit big. They're slightly coming. I, I think actually they'll probably go off close to joint favourites in the day. I could see him maybe going off 6 to 4. Do you think that could happen, Katie? Yeah, possibly. Um, but I I think the money will maybe come for Kiprios late on if, if they fancy him, of course. Um, but as you said, I think this probably has been the target. True Shani has run again recently he's had a, a couple of probably tough runs uh although he did win at Longchamp very impressively he's just had those two runs in September um whereas Kiprios is coming into the race fairly fresh um so I would just think that Kiprios will go off his favorite but I, I can see there being support for Shushan as well yeah I think I think the Holly factor could definitely 
persuade him to go a little bit shorter. I do think, I think they're going to go off very close. Um, it's kind of the same price. I, I think, I think personally, I think Kipperossi might just drift slightly on the day. And I think, like I say, I think they could easily go off maybe 13 to 8, 6 to 4 joint favourite. I think the money will come for Trushan. I think Kipperossi will drift slightly. But I think either can win. Um, but like I say, it's a flip of a coin for a lot of people. But I'm team Trushan and you're definitely team Kipperos. Anyway, that's enough of the long distance cup. We're now moving on to the 150, which is the Kipco British Champion Sprint Stakes. It's a group one over six furlongs. A lot of people will be thinking this is their banker of the day. Kim Ross, he's seven to four, the favourite for Frankie Vittori and Rafe Beckett. We then got the Dream, who I thought was a was a little bit short now at six to one. Clearly has former on soft ground and has got good a good record over the course and distance, but Hasn't really shown much recently. She's um your second favourite six to one. We've then got Millstream at eights, along with Sandrine, Rohan at twelves, Spycatcher twelves, uh Sense of Duty sixteens, Art Power twenties, Swing Along twenties as well. Bigger are the rest. Now, Katie, we were talking about it earlier within Spiral, like uh uh we've got a horse here that's got a similar profile, got good form, should handle the conditions. Is probably going to be many people's idea of a banker on the day. Are you going to be getting stuck into him at seven or four? Well, I think it's difficult to have a banker in a in a sprint like this. I think it's one of those races where anything could happen, and it's over such a short trip that if Kinross was to get into any trouble, if he was slowly away, or or if the same happened as it did in France a couple of weeks ago for him, then. You know, seven to four, it isn't a price that I'd be getting stuck into. Um, but I, I do think he'll win. I think he's well clear of the rest of the field here. I think he's by far the best. Uh, it's just that element of six furlongs, soft round. Who knows what could happen, really? Um, I'd agree with you in saying that the dream is, is short enough here. Um, I think she really has to massively improve on that fifth place finish in the Bangkok States if, if she's going to get anywhere near Kinross here. Uh, of the others, I think that Sandrine, she's a progressive filly, win over course and distance. But I'm not sure that this is going to suit her. I, I don't think the drop back in trip is really ideal. Uh, the one's bigger price is I thought that Art Power uh, maybe could use his experience um, here to maybe run a big race. I, I don't think he'll mind the softer ground. He looks quite overpriced. I was seeing 20 to 1 earlier on, and yeah, still 20 to 1 now generally. I think that's quite a big price for Art Power. Um, I also thought that run to freedom was a massive price at 25 to 1, considering that he, he often really outruns his odds at big prices. Um, he finished second to Kinross in this race last year, 150 to 1. He's finished second to Shaquille uh, in the in the July Cup stakes, uh, running off what, 28 to 1 there. He beat Kinross there as well. I thought that 25 to 1 was a really big price for a horse that can often bring a surprise, you know. Um, of the others as well, I thought believing... First time cheap pieces for her. She's a filly that I've been following quite often this season. She's got a couple of good wins um, to her name. I thought of the three-year-old, she maybe could be the best there. Uh, 22 to 1 wouldn't be a bad each-way price for her. 
but I, I'm really keen on on Kinross. I think he's by far the best. Uh, I w- would be siding with him completely here. I will be having a bet on him, but as I said, I wouldn't be getting too stuck in because a sprint, soft ground, we don't know which track they're even going to be on. Um, I think he is, he's the best source in the race, but it's it's a tricky race still. Yeah, I mean, Kinross, as you say, he's probably the most likely winner of the race. He doesn't have much to prove, but 7-4 to four in a... And how many runners have we got here? We've got 15 runners. That That is always going to niggle at the back of your mind that something could go wrong. And I would want to play something each way here at a bigger price. And the horse that I really like in the race is the one you mentioned, Run to Freedom. Now, this is a big cliff horse for me. Uh, it really is. I, I've been following this horse since um the beginning of last season i actually put him up when i was doing my youtube channel when he won a listed race uh, at windsor last may and ever since then he's a horse has been a little bit in and out but towards the end of last season as you say katie he really started to come to the fore i mean like you say he finished second in this race last year when he was running on at 150 to one he's still showing that he's had the ability this season he won a listed race at salisbury he finished second behind Shaquille uh, in the July Cup, beating Kinross. So 25 to 1 is uh, is a bit of an insult in price here. Now, he does have to bounce back after a disappointing run at Haydock. But he's been to Haydock now a couple of times. And for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be suited by that track. He's actually got form as well over seven furlongs, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing here. If you look at some of the winners in this race over the last few years, it does kind of turn into a little bit of a stamina test um over the six furlongs and kinross has that because we know that he's won over seven furlongs before and he was even campaigned up to to a mile and run to freedom has won over seven furlongs earlier in his career and he just seems to always be hitting the line hard and doing his best work late on he likes a stiff finish he's got former ascot he doesn't mind a bit of dig in the ground i mean you're getting 25 to 1 about a a horse that on his day has placed twice he's come second in two group ones and he's 25 to one i think i think that's a crazy price i personally think if i was pricing him up i would have him probably around about 12 14 to one kind of mark obviously he does have to improve he does have to have things go uh in his favor but there's no reason why it can't he can't outrun his odds i mean like we touched upon the likes of bad dream i mean can see the angle in for her but Six to one, that's a bit of a concern. Millstream, three-year-olds, but three-year-olds don't have the greatest recent record in this race. I mean, Phillies as well don't have a good record either. So I think you're always looking at horses that have run well in group one. And clearly, Kinross has got that ability. But if there's one horse that could be the fly in the ointment, I think it's run to freedom. And I'm definitely going to be having a nice each way bet on him. I mean, you're probably going to get four or five places on the day with some firms. I think at 25 to 20 stand out. But Kim Ross, yeah, he is the one to beat. But for me, I'm going to be siding with uh, Run to Freedom here. I completely agree with you there, Chris, with Run to Freedom. As I said, I think he represents a lot of value at 25 to 1, given the form that he does have. But in regards to what you're saying with Kim Ross, that I mean, anything can happen in a sprint to an extent. 
But in comparison with Inspiro from last year, I think Kinross is a much more reliable horse. He usually does run his race and he'll give you a good run for your money. Uh, I think he was very unlucky not to uh, not to win the Prix de la Forêt last time out. And he's he's such a, a reliable horse. I think he's one of my... Well, I'd say he's probably one of my favourite horses in training at the moment because you can always rely on him. So I don't think he's going to massively underperform or anything like that. And I don't think he's he's going to let the field get away from him or, or anything like that. I think he's a much more solid favourite than Inspiro was. And, and I do think he's one of the probably the best bets of the day, of the favourites at least. Yeah, no, I, I can I can completely get that. But for me personally, it's just a matter of taste. Like, I'd rather... I, you would actually make more money back in run to freedom each way at 25 to 1 if he was to play. So naturally lumping on at Kimroth, 7 to 4 to win. So that's kind of my, my angle in with it. But um, but yeah, like if you want to have a bet on Kimros, I'm not going to put you off because I do think he is the most likely winner. But for me, I'd rather be on him at a, a three to one kind of price. You know, I think I think seven to four is just a little bit too short for me to to be. You're probably going to have people in the, with the multis on. Well, I I have myself as well. Anti bows with Kit Prios, Kimros, Paddington. Yeah, exactly. And have a few people going for that one. I mean, there'll be probably quite a few, um, a few people having uh, Frankie accumulators on as well, and that leads us actually into our next race, which we're going to talk about it, which is the two twenty five, the Kipco British Champions Phillies and Mare Stakes Group One, over a mile and a half. And talking of Frankie, he's riding the favourite here, free wind at ten to three. We've then got Jackie O at four to one. Time lock at 11 to 2, above the curve at 10s, along with Blue Stocking. You then got Rude Bonassard at 12s, along with Sweet Memories. T- terms of Endearment at 14s, running line 20s. Bigger are the rest. Now, Katie, free wind on her day is a classy filly, but I think this is the Frankie factor here why she's been made favourite. I don't think on this kind of ground she really handles it. She was disappointing in the arc. Um, She's kind of been very in and out this season, especially when she's been well fancied as well. I mean, she was sent off 10 to 11 favourite at Glorish Goodwood. She was sent off a 6 to 4 favourite to win the Hardwick at Royal Ascot. I mean, punters have got their fingers burnt a few times with her this season. And older fillies as well don't have a good record in the race. Is she a favourite you want to take on? Yeah, I think she's vulnerable here. Um, I think she prefers quicker surface. Uh, her second uh, warm heart in the Yorkshire Oaks is a very good form line and she is proven on soft ground but I think that run at Glorious Goodwood uh, the excuse given on that day was the fact that she she does want it quicker Uh, so yeah I'd be taking her on Uh, she's not a horse that I tend to back too often I think Jackie O is an improving filly. She looks decent value at four to one. That next second to Blue Roseanne in the Breeder Opera, it would, probably was a career best performance. And now she's stepping up in trip. Uh, I think the vibes are that that's going to suit her. So if she's able to replicate her Longchamp performance, then I think she's going to be in with a, a leading chance here. But the one that I'm going to side with is a filly that I've backed on a couple of occasions um and that is above the curve who's wearing first time cheek pieces here for joseph o'brien 
Now, I just think that the softer ground that's likely to be Ascot on Saturday, I don't think it is going to be as much of an inconvenience to her as it will to some of the other horses. Now, Jackie O, she will cope with softer ground. And I think, as I said, she's got a very good chance of, of going close. But I'm just going to go for the one with has a little bit more experience in above the curve. She's level with Jackie O and Free Wind on ratings. And I, I wonder with the addition of Hadgear, if it could just bring a little bit further improvement from her. She does have very good form this season. Uh, and I just think that at 10 to 1, she she represents a, a little bit of value here. Okay, above the curve for Katie. Um, the way I'm playing in this race is um, looking at the, the recent winners. I mean, I've had my fingers burnt a couple of times in this race over the years. But I think this year I'm, I'm going to follow the trend. And that is to go the three-year-old fillies. Since 2014, there's been nine winners that are three-year-olds. The only one that uh, didn't win was a four-year-old was Journey for Frankie and John Gosden. Funny enough, in George Strawbridge colours the same connections as Free Wind. But I think there's two three-year-old fillies in here that I'm going to be back in both from the day. And I can't really split between them. Um, and they're going to get a nice weight for age allowance as well. They're going to be getting £6 from the likes of Free Winds, Above the Curve, Time Lock. And that is going to be Rue Bossonard and Sweet Memories. Now, Rue Bossonard probably butchered that pronunciation for Miguel de Ganglis and Gerard Mosse. Has been running some decent races in France at, at the highest level. Now, if you go back two starts ago, she was only beaten... Uh, two lengths by Warm Heart, who's been a terrific mare or filly for Aidan O'Brien this season. She then backed it up over a mile and six, where maybe she just didn't see out her race that strongly at the end. But she was only beaten four lengths behind Sea Sea Silk Road, who actually finished ahead of her in in that uh, group one in at Parish Longchamp the, the time before. I just think that. She's going to handle conditions a lot better than some of her rivals. And I think it's interesting that Connections have decided to roll the dice. So I think 12 to, to 1 is actually not a bad price at all. She actually um, beat above the curve two starts ago as well. So I think she's definitely a, a major player that's gone under the radar. And the other one is Sweet Memories for Holly Doyle and John and Fadey Gosden. Now, I actually tipped this horse when she won uh, a listed uh, race at Newmarket. She then went to New, uh, Newmarket again next time out, but this time on the, the rally course. Um, and for the second to Time Lock, who a lot of people are going to go, well, she's got a lot to reverse the form. But I think the thing that I'm drawn to is the fact that it's going to be softer this time round. She seemed to relish it when she won on soft ground at Newmarket. Then on really strongly, um, there was a quicker surface last time out at Newmarket. And looking at Time Lock's form, I think that might just go against her here. Also as well, I didn't think Frankie gave her the, the best ride and Holly seemed to get the best out of her when she won a new market. So Holly coming back aboard again um, is a positive in my opinion. The cheek piece is gone as well, which might just help her focus on the job. I mean, she's 12 to 1. I think she's a good each way bet here. 
her family as well suggests that if this does turn into a standing test, she's going to really relish it. Some of her family won up to two miles, so so that doesn't um phase me at all. I think um I think those two fillies, Rue Bossonet and Sweet Memories, definitely could outrun their odds. Uh, they get the weight for Age Lance, and you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see at least one of them go uh fairly close. So so that was the way I was thinking. What do you think of those, Katie? Um, quite happy to stick with the Hayden O'Brien filly and the Joseph filly as well. I think they've they probably got better chances to be fair. But look, sweet memories and who's the other one you liked? Rue Bossonard, if I've pronounced that right. The French filly. Yeah, look, they could have a good chance in here. They definitely have that value. The the thing is, with above the curve, I'm having to kind of just hope that she's going to stay that trip on soft, really. Um, I think she will, but she isn't proven over the trip. Uh, so it is a little bit of a concern. And with the French filly, uh, as you mentioned, you know, she's finished ahead of her and she clearly stays further too. Uh, so it's it's a good angle. And 12 to 1, it's good value. Sweet memories. I think she does have to improve. But I don't think Time Lock is going to like this ground. So she couldn't finish closer to her. Okay, positive words there from Kate, but she's staying loyal to the Aiden O'Brien family with uh, Aiden Saucer and Joseph. So, uh, so yeah, so that she, she's definitely uh, uh, staying loyal uh, to the O'Briens. We're now going to move on to the 305, the, the QE2 stakes, um, over a mile. Arguably, this is one of the races of the day. Uh, Paddington is your favourite at 6-4. He's actually drifted. He was 10-11 to 11 earlier, but... He seems to have taken a little bit of a walk in the market. We then got Tahira at 9-2, Nashua at 5-1, Big Rock at 7s, Chaldine at 11s, Factor Cheval 14s, and Bigger are the rest. Okay, I think the listeners know where you're going to be going in this one. Um, Are we right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm staying loyal to Paddington here. Uh, I think he's a fantastic horse. I think he's by far the best horse in the race. You can forgive him that run at York. He was unsuited by the the quick surface there, and Frankie just got it spot on on Mustardach. Um, I think a mile on soft ground is going to suit him perfectly, as he showed at, at Goodwood. He's a big colt. He's he likes running on softer ground, um, and he sets the standard in here, following wins in the St James's Palace Stakes, the the Eclipse, the Sussex Stakes. Uh, I think he should win this and. Six to four is probably going to end up being a decent price, really. I'm not sure if Tahira is even going to run. Uh, Dermot Wells has said that she's going to travel over, but she's taken on the boys for the first time, and she's against a, a top-class filly in Nashua as well, on ground that isn't her ideal. Uh, she copes with soft ground, but she'd prefer faster ground, um, I'd say. So I'm, I'm not sure if she's even going to take up this assignment um, Nashua is probably the biggest danger, uh, especially if Tahira's out. Um, Big Rock coming over from France as well has some decent form behind Ace Impact in the Prix de Jockey Club. Um, and, and he's a consistent horse, so he has to be respected. And we know a French raider is going to love this, the softer ground at Ascot. But I think Paddington is a solid favourite here. Uh, I, I can't see him being beaten and I just really hope that that he can bounce back to form because this could possibly be his final race. Aidan O'Brien was saying that 
it's, it's highly unlikely that he's going to stay in training as a four-year-old. So it'll be nice to see him go out on a high. Uh, of the others, I think High Royal is the one that I'd I'd be a little bit interested in at hundred to one. It looks as though he hasn't quite progressed as as much as some of the others, but he has that form behind Paldio and Paddington from earlier in the season. Uh, I remember putting him up for the two thousand guineas at I think about hundred and fifty to one um, on the podcast. Maybe did I, Chris? Yeah, you did. Yeah. So high royal. I'll, I'll give him a squeak at hundred to one. Here, he's done well for me in the past. Epitatus as well, 100 to 1. A huge price for him. Uh, he will love softer ground, I'd say, but I think he's a bit to find on ratings and I'm, I'm not sure he's good enough in this kind of race. But yeah, I'm all for Paddington here. Okay, Paddington it is for Katie. Again, I'm, I'm kind of. Look, I've got plenty of love for Aino Brian and I know that Katie's been giving me plenty of digs about it throughout the day. On, on WhatsApp, but for me, I'm, I mean, we got a six to four about him, and just the fact that he was on the go in some top races quite a lot in the summer is just a little bit of concern. Has he peaked already? Is he going to be able to come back? That's, that's the question. Now, clearly, on form, he's got the chance to win this, a very good chance, but is he going to be ripe on the day? I mean, Nashua is interesting. I've been with her the last couple of times. Um, I was with her when she uh, finished third um, in the Irish Champions Stakes. I thought that was a hell of a run. I think she just had a little bit too much to do. I think she's going to be really suited on soft ground over this stiff mile. I was actually looking at her, her racing record to see what it was like at Ascot. And I was actually staggered to see she's never been to the track. So um, that's interesting in itself. So I, I think... She obviously does have to prove that, but I think she she'll handle it no problem at all. I did have a look at Big Rock with that form behind the likes of Ace, um, behind uh, Ace Impact. That's pretty decent form. Also, as well, he thrashed Horizon Dove as a uh, earlier in the season uh, in a Group Three, who's a favourite to, to to win the Champion Stakes. So on that line of form, seven to one does look a bit of a big price. The only thing I'm concerned about him with is actually the jockey Ulian Lamartra, like. I mean, in France, when I've seen him, he's good. But I remember when um, when he came over um, with, was it Big Rosen, um in the Nassau? He, he made a bit of a pig's ear of it um, that day. And I just I just questioned him. I, I just wonder if he's going to go, if he does decide to go handy, is he going to go a little bit too fast and just be a little bit of a sitting duck? Because he this horse has been given horses uh he's been giving himself as a target for horses to, to to come and close him and we know that closing style at ascot uh does seem to favor so that that would be a slight concern and that's where nashua if she's come in with her turn of foot off the uh, off the pace that could really suit her but again phillies don't have the best record in this race over the years and that would be a slight concern. If you wanted an absolute flyer on one, I thought Check and Challenge was interesting at 66. He finished fourth in this race uh, last year when running on quite strongly. He was only beaten two and a half lengths behind 
Bayside boy. Now, he deserves to be a 66-1 to one shot for me. He's not really shown that much this year, but he wants it really soft. In fact, arguably last season, he posted two of his best runs on soft ground, finishing fourth here on Champions Day and then finishing um, third uh, in a group two in the pre-Wildenstein behind the likes of the Revenant and Erevan. He actually beat Factor Cheval on that occasion. So on his day, he's no, he's no mug. And I think 66-1... to one, is a little bit of a big price about him. And again, you're probably going to get an extra place on offer with some firms. I think the likes of some of the top of the market could potentially blow out. Check and challenge, he's a hold-up horse. Probably be ridden cold for a late run. I thought 66s, he wasn't the worst 66-1 to one shot I've ever seen in my life. But if I did have to go for one towards the top of the market, it would be Nashua. But again, I'll probably be having an each-way saver on check and challenge so yeah that's my thoughts on the race and katie's sticking loyal to paddington so we now move on to the 345 for arguably the feature race on the card it's the kipco champion stakes over a mile and two horizon dove is your favorite 11 to 4 seems to be on the drift he was uh as short as 9 to 4 earlier today we then got baybridge last year's winner at 9 to 2 along with king of steel mustardaf uh 7 to 1 VS Estina at eight, My Prospero at eight, uh, 12, sorry, I am. My Prospero at 12s, uh, Royal Rhyme at 14s, Tobiano at 28 to 1, and Point Lonsdale is the rag of the field at 66 to 1. Now, Katie, for those that follow your social media, they might know your selection in this, in this race. Make your case for him. Am I going to put him as my map of the day? You might as well. If, if if you are, we're gonna be um we're gonna be in the champagne bar. So so make your case yeah. for him. No, I, I I can't have him as my nap of the day. I'm gonna say more of a, a speculative selection, uh, and it's gonna be the one that you call the rag of the field, which is definitely no rag, but it is Point Lonsdale at sixty six to one. Um, I just think his price is massive here. He's got some decent form in the book. Wasn't disgraced when he finished sixth in the Irish Champion States last time out. He finished ahead of Ernesto there, who finished second in the arc. Um, I think that step up to a mile and a half early in the season, it probably appeared to stretch his capabilities a little bit. And a return over a trip that he has proven at, at Group 2 level on soft ground as well. I think it's a big reason to consider him he's the only horse in here for Aidan O'Brien for Bally Doyle and I think it's likely that Luxembourg was going to come here um and Point Lonsdale would would have to be the second string really and then it was it was touted that Continuous might be here they both miss out um but you know Point Lonsdale is going to go he's going to take his chance and if you look at his form at the start of the season, he, he won two group-level races there um, on soft ground. Now, he beat Visualization at the Curra, a filly who went on to beat um, a, a field that included Luxembourg, Trevenons, in a group two Moorsbridge stakes. And then he went to Chester, um, and he won a group race there too. And he beat the likes of, of Poker Face, Royal Champion there. And there's so many of the horses that he, he's beaten in those two group races that have gone on to Frank to form. And I just think at 66 to 1, he is a huge price. Now, you can make excuses for his last three runs. 
And I know that it's, it's quite forgiving to, to forgive a horse that many runs, but I think he's been used as a pacemaker on occasions as well. And it hasn't suited him, but he's going to have Ryan Moore on board. He's the sole representative for the yard, as I mentioned. And he's been beating some nice horses. Like Lafayette is a horse that I like of Noel Mead's. Maybe not up to the to the level of a few horses in here. Um, but a Group 3 winner this season, all the same, beating a length by Adelaide River in, in the Paddy Power Stakes at Leopardstown, just a short distance behind Alassie there. I don't think it's bad form at all. And that soft ground factor is is a big a big factor in my thinking here as well with him. I just think 66 to 1, a huge, huge price, looking for a bit of value in this field. He's already half that price with a few bookmakers now. I think some of them are, are thinking that the 66 to 1 is too big for an Aiden Orion horse with Ryan Moore on board. And I definitely agree. Um, you can even get five places at 45 to 1 with a certain bookmaker, which I think is great value too. Um, and just because I, I didn't have too strong a fancy on the others, King of Steel would be the one that I'd side with, but I'm a little bit worried about the ground with him because he has blocked on heavy ground. So Point Lonsdale is the value in here, 66 to 1. I think he's a great price. And maybe he'll go to the front and he'll be difficult to peg back and we'll definitely be heading to the champagne bar if he wins. <laughs> yeah, we most certainly will. Drinks all round on Katie if Point Lonsdale wins then. Um, I'm like you at the top of the market. I didn't really fancy fancy them, to be honest with you. Horizon Door, now obviously he's got a load of ones next to his name in his recent starts, but taking that win last time out over in France, literally, I don't think that's a, a great piece of form. I mean, he beat Jack Darcy, who was stuffed last week in France, um, who was a second in that race. Uh, that's, that's too short to be 11-4. to four. I mean, you've got some horses on there today that are very good here and are probably going to have some of their optimal conditions as well. King is still... I think the bubble's kind of burst on him. I mean, there were people saying, complaining about his ride um, in the Irish Champion Stakes. I think that was just one of those things. It was a bit of a tactical affair. But I'm not convinced with him on this ground that it's going to be. I don't think he'll like this off ground, so I think he's opposable. Bay Bridge, I think, is probably more likely to run his race. Um, didn't think he actually ran that bad to finish sixth. Um, in the arc, I think he's more effective over this trip, and he'll like the ground as well. Last year's winner, Mustardaf, does have soft ground form. Um, in if you go back far enough, a sand down where when it gets tested there, it can be really tested, um, and hard work for horses. So he's shown an ability to to battle in that in that kind of ground, and he's definitely probably been the biggest um, improver in training this season, arguably. Uh, over this kind of trip. So I, I would definitely respect him. Vithestina, I don't think she'll be good enough against the boys. The one I've landed on is my Prospero, who some people are probably going to be laugh, tearing out their hair. I can see why people would do that. But he reminds me, like I said earlier, of Bayside Boy. Now, he ran an absolute blinder in this race, my Prospero, last year, beating the stable mate by to finish third. At one point, he looked like he was going to be beaten a little bit quite but he looked like he was going to be beating a couple of lengths by bay bridge and adaya but if you go back and watch the race replay he did battle really well in the last furlong so 
he probably does want maybe slightly further uh, and trip up in, in time he might if he stays around next season. Maybe he could get tried at mile half. That's something I read on the quotes uh, from William Haggis earlier this season. But I thought his run last time out, even though it was workmanlike, wasn't a bad run. He's getting the blinkers on, which I think might just sharpen him up a bit. And I think uh, 12 to 1 in a in a race where they're all in a... They've all got a chance, but those at the top of the market, they just don't appeal. I think he's worth having a go at. I mean, like I say, he finished third in the race last year. The ground won't be a problem. Um, should strip fitter, I think, for his last run. Hasn't had a half campaign at all compared to some of these. I think he's dangerous to underestimate. And for me, if I had to give a selection in the race, it would be my Prospero. But I can see why some people would probably just leave him leave him but for me a 12 to 1 i don't think that's a bad price there especially if he can recapture that form from last season if he does he's he's a major player so for me i'm gonna go for my prospero we're now going to move on to the last race on the card which is the 425 it's the balmoral handicap 20 runners not the easiest uh get out of jail um stakes um and but your market looks like this. Docklands is your favourite, six to one. We then got Sunny Liston at sevens, Baradar at eights along with Migration, Al Muba here at twelves, Awol twelves along with Roscolin, Bo Pedro sixteens along with Koi Dor, Dance Magic sixteens as well. Bigger are the rest. Katie, I know there was one horse uh, you like in here. You messaged me in, about him earlier. Uh who is it? Yeah, it's Rado Bag for George Bowie. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Am I, Chris? You're yeah, Rado Bark. I know this one well. I know him well. Yeah. Um, he's the one that stood out for me here. I mean, there's a lot at the top of the market that you can make a case for. We've seen them plenty of times. David O'Meara's got a few in here that, that could go well. Um, I was just keen to take the horse that I thought was a, a decent price. And maybe because of the ground factor, you might have a few that are going to underperform. And looking back to Radabag's form, um, he's run well this term at, at a higher level. He's been placed in, in, in group races. He finished ahead of Spirit Dancer in the Dali Stakes and finished a neck behind Poker Face, who I mentioned earlier, um, in the Sefton Stakes that was run by Ottoman Fleet, who subsequently won a grade two and placed in a grade one in, at Belmont Park. So I think it's quite a high level of form also finished behind poker phase again at Pontefract um, when he finished third and flight plan who won a group two at Leopardstown was second so there's a lot of collateral form in there that suggests to me that Radobag could maybe be well treated off a mark of 106 the last time he ran in handicap company was when he won the Irish Lincolnshire last season uh, when he was trained by Johnny Murta he was off a mark of 98 there he's seems to have progressed since um and considering the fact that poker face is now rated 116 fight plan is rated 117 and he's finished really closely closely near them at pontefract off a map of of uh, 106 i just think he it could be very well treated and 20 to 1 i think it's a great each way price and i'm looking here now as well and i'd say he was 20 to 1 generally earlier on this afternoon Looks to have shortened with a couple of bookmakers now as short as 14 to 1. So hopefully that means there's a bit of support for him and um, he's quite fancied. Yeah, this is definitely a class drop for Radabog. Um, I remember backing him actually when he won the Irish Lincoln for Johnny Mercer when he pulled off a little bit of a gamble. 
It's going to love these conditions. Probably is one of the more classier types in the field. And yeah, back in a race of this nature, 20 to 1 could look a big price. Now, I said this was a tricky getting out of jail uh, a race, but I think I think I found one in here that's probably arguably my strongest fancy on the card. And that is Lassen for Kieran Fallon and William Haggis. Now, this horse is also an Irish Lincoln winner. He won the Irish Lincoln at the Curra back in March. And ever since then, he, he's been, I would say, lightly campaigning this season. He then went to Newbury on his next start, bumped into Jimi Hendrix, who we saw win the Royal Hunt Cup, then went to Newcastle, won there, went to Glorious Goodwood, put a line through that run. That was a bit of a, a messy race. But his last two runs, even though he's been beaten, I don't think they were necessarily that bad. He finished third behind Roscoelin. And this time he's going to be six pounds better off. And then last time out, he finished fifth at York last week. But go back and watch that race. He was only beaten a length and a half. But he kind of had to come up the inside, which I think was the slower part of the track. And he was making up ground without being given a, a hard ride. Richard Kingscote, Kingscote was quite soft on him coming up the home straight. And he and he was staying on. So I do think in in this bigger field... On a straight track. I think it's going to play to his strengths massively. He loves soft ground. It was a bog when he won the Irish Lincoln at the Curra. And he's only £8 higher. And I do think he's a horse that, with conditions in his favour, he could be a 100 plus horse. He's not going to be like a 110 horse. But I could see him maybe having maybe 6 or £7 in hand, which you're going to need to, to win a race of this nature. It's interesting that Tom Marquand is not riding him. Um, you would have thought that he would be first choice if of the stable with Tom Mark one was going to ride him. He's on Al Muba here, um, so so that maybe might just put some people off. But I think twenty to one is is far too big of a price about him. I, I, if I was pricing him up, I'd have him probably more more of a ten to one, twelve to one kind of chance. So the twenties that's so available, I think it's a great price. And also as well, he's drawn. Stall eight. I was doing some research earlier, and having a double figure draw isn't good. So, the fact that Latham is in stall eight and Radabarg is in stall six are positive. So, I think Katie, we've got two live ones there uh, that are running for us, and hopefully, they can fill the frame. Radabarg also looks as if he's the second string as well because George Bowie's got Baradar, also for Ammo Racing with William Buick on board. So, yeah, hopefully, our two do it. Yeah, does well, hopefully look... one of them does. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do the do the forecast, or do a swinger, or those exotic bets. But that some people do. But I'm not a massive fan of them. But maybe, maybe if we've had a few champagnes after um <laughs> after Point Hunsdale's done, we'll be putting a few winnings on that, trying to bankrupt Tascot. So uh, yeah, you heard it here first. Anyway, that's um all we've got time for this week thanks again to katie for giving up her time really appreciate it hopefully we get some winners this week as we said as well liz and izzy are going to be there on the day with us so if you see us feel free to come and say hello we're going to be doing a lucky 15 on the day as well we'll be posting that on our social media page on twitter where our handle is at in the saddle pod if you don't follow us there already you can also follow us on instagram as well where we're on at in the saddle pod please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon (laughs) 